This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network. Hello and welcome to our series on fungicide resistance management, where we explore key farming practices that can help reduce the risk of fungal pathogens becoming resistant to the available chemical controls. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and so far we've heard how proper crop rotation and avoiding susceptible varieties can help reduce disease pressure and the need to apply fungicides, which all helps to reduce the risk of fungicide resistance developing. In this episode, we're looking at other non-chemical control methods to help reduce disease pressure. And to discuss this, I'm joined in the Afrin studio by Dr. Tara Garrard from the South Australian Research and Development Institute, otherwise known as SARDI. Tara, thanks for your time. No worries, Drew. Pleased to be here. Tara, one of the points that keeps coming up in this series is that fungicides are an important agricultural tool, but they're not the be-all and end-all when it comes to controlling fungal diseases. Is that pretty much the case? Yeah, that's right, Drew. It's really about an integrated disease management system and fungicides play an important role in this, but, you know, they're one part of the puzzle. They're relatively low cost and they have high benefit, but they definitely can't be the only source of control. And I think we're really seeing now that overuse means it gives them the ability to develop resistance. So we can't rely on them alone. Tara, fungal pathogens, from my understanding, they need certain conditions to survive, especially from season to season. What are the universal factors required? Yeah, Drew, there's different factors for every disease, but some of the common ones are things like having a green bridge that goes from season to season, having infected stubble, having high moisture and humidity within the crop, The temperature range, so more moderate temperatures over summer can often promote foliar diseases. Having rain events that reduce things like stubble breakdown, but they can also promote spore release. And having the wind conditions for spreading those spores around as well. You mentioned there, there are some things that growers can have control of, but also mentioned in there was weather. So what do farmers need to do when it comes to taking into consideration things like temperature, rainfall and humidity? Well, I think growers for the most part probably know their area pretty well and they know what kind of seasonal conditions they expect. Every season's different and we have some odd ones sometimes. But, you know, if they've got relatively dry conditions, they're going to be familiar with that. Or if they know that they're prone to high rainfall and humid springs, they know they're going to be prone to foliar disease. So some ways around that are we can look at planting varieties that have better resistance to the diseases that we know we're prone to, or planting earlier or later so that the young plants are much less exposed and susceptible to those conducive rain and temperature conditions. Uh, We can do things like increasing row spacing. This helps to encourage air movement in between the rows. That reduces our humidity. We see this a lot with powdery mildew in headlands. So where we've got the crop planted more densely, we see a lot more of the disease. Uh, We can look at grazing long season crops if that's what works in your area. This can help to encourage air movement through the crop and reduce early disease pressure, making it easier to manage the disease later in the season. Um, And planting rotations so that crops are not as vulnerable to the residual infection in nearby paddocks or stubble in its own paddock um, and keeping in mind the wind conditions in association with that. 
But we need to balance these techniques with other concerns that we might have, such as weed competition. And it's also important to have a disease management strategy so that when those conditions do occur, humid, high rainfall, springs, that we've got an action plan as to how we're going to manage the disease then. What about some of the agronomic side? You mentioned earlier on Green Bridge. What's Green Bridge and how does that support pathogens and what should growers be doing to control that? So the Green Bridge is where we have um, basically a green bridge between the end of one cropping season and the beginning of the next one. So this could be volunteers from the previous crop or it could be weeds. It's basically anything that's green that's hanging around. Some of the pathogens that we've got that rely on this green bridge to survive are things like rusts and powdery mildews and some of our aphid spread diseases like barley yellow dwarf virus. By removing this green bridge, you're stopping that disease from surviving from one season to the next and reducing the inoculation levels. So to do this, we need to remove those weeds and volunteer crops. So in addition to removing these weeds and volunteer crops, we've got to make sure that we're checking some of the areas that we might have forgotten about. So not just in the paddock, but looking at our fence lines and around structures like sheds and water troughs. All of these spots can be great for harbouring the green bridge and therefore prolonging the disease from season to season. Tara, the other major survival mechanism for pathogens, I understand, is stubble. So how do growers manage that risk, especially in no-till farming systems? Yeah, look, Drew, it's a problem that's becoming more and more of an issue now that we've got no-till farming systems being so common. And some of our really major diseases are carried over in the stubble. So net form of net blotch and spot form of net blotch, as well as powdery mildew and septoriotritocyte blotch. These are really major diseases in our cropping system and they're all carried on from stubble. So we can look at some stubble management options like burning and cultivation. A lot of these are less commonly used now in no-till systems. But we can also consider our rotations, so the length that we've got in between planting back into that stubble, um, having a canopy Um, in our crop, in our seasons that are away from a cereal that allows that stubble to start breaking down. So the more humidity in that canopy, the more breakdown you'll get in between seasons. Some other things that we can look at is reviewing our cropping options, such as using inter-row sowing and having proper rotations. And we also need to consider controlling our volunteers. So if we're planting a lentil paddock into a barley stubble, if we've got volunteer barley coming up, you can have disease spreading straight onto that barley and causing an issue for your surrounding crops. So we need to be mindful in that when we're managing our disease. So Tara, there's actually quite a bit that growers can take into account. There's local weather conditions, there's controlling the green bridge, there's managing stubble. So there are things that producers can do to limit crop disease before they spray a drop of fungicide. That's right, Drew. And the more that we do kind of earlier in the season and around that means that we're much less reliant on fungicides. All of these options like the good hygiene and stubble management, eliminating the green bridge, altering our time of sowing, this can really have a big impact on that disease development and we need to make sure we're relying on all of those factors and not just fungicide use. Tara, this sounds a lot about basically planning to reduce your reliance on fungicides. 
That's exactly right, Drew. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be thinking about this ahead of time and being more proactive rather than just responsive within the season. Tara, we've covered a lot of ground in regards to using non-chemical controls to manage both fungal disease pressure and also the risk of fungicide resistance developing in paddocks. You can learn more about managing fungicides and fungicide resistance online at the Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network website, which is afrin.com.au. You can also download other episodes in this podcast series where we pull apart the key elements of fungicide resistance management. In the next episode, we'll talk with Fire Australia's Nick Poole about how to spray fungicides for maximum effect with minimum risk. For now, though, Dr. Tara Garrard, thank you for joining me in the Afrin podcast studio. Thanks so much for having me today, Drew. Drew.